Welcome to the Outward OPC podcast. Outward OPC is a work of the Committee on Home Missions, and its goal is to encourage zeal for reaching the lost and to be a tool for the OPC and other Reformed churches to be more effective at reaching people outside the church. You can check out the website at outwardopc.com. Now let's get to today's episode. Brad Herzog here for Outward OPC. Today I have Nick LeMay with me. Nick is a newly called evangelist to the Presbytery of the Southwest and has a little bit of a unique ministry that I'm going to let him explain. Nick, thanks for taking some time to talk to us, and, and let's jump in with you telling us how you actually ended up being called as an evangelist and how it relates to Harvey and all those different things going on down there. Well, yeah, thank you, Brad, uh, and appreciate I'm glad to be here with you. So... Well, I had been a missionary in Costa Rica for my wife and I for 10 and a half years, and we all knew about Harvey, and we all knew what the OPC was doing on the ground there, and on the rebuilding and everything, and so that was 18 months ago now. And while they were in the process of helping people get their lives back and rebuild and administering to people through the through the diaconal work that they were doing with volunteers and everything, I, I think they realized that they there was no real ministerial follow-up or there wasn't anyone who had the time or the resources to follow up on these people and to even search for new contacts to to bring that ministry of the word um, together with the ministry of mercy and so I get a call from they've been they've been looking for a guy and I had been in contact with Mark Sumter the regional home missionary of the Presbytery of the Southwest on a different issue and so I get a call one day and he's asking me if I'm interested in hearing about a potential a potential work as an evangelist particularly reaching out to people affected by uh, Hurricane Harvey in Houston which of course is everybody right so it's a real it's not just one little demographic it's right. pretty much the whole city right and <laughs> and the more he talked about the work the more excited I got and I had interested. My wife and I didn't have any real intention to come back to the U.S. Um, but the more he talked, and then I talked to my wife, Rosie, we both became real convinced that the Lord was opening this um, this door for for new ministry, for something real different, challenging, and but at the same time, so important to bring the ministry of the Word of God, the gospel, to people who haven't uh, who don't know him but who have suffered have gone through this this tragedy so that's how we ended up in Houston and that's sort of and that's basically the the goal behind um, behind the evangelistic work so what will your I know you're we've recently introduced you on home missions today and 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 things like that what will your work look like how is it I think many listeners will know what a typical church plant situation looks like. You have a small core group, you call an evangelist, he goes in, he starts to build up that work. Um, we may not be as familiar with maybe what you're doing and how it's tied to the people suffering from Harvey and the work that disaster response has done. What's that all going to look like and, and where will your focus be? Well, that's a great question. Because it, this work is not your normal church planting situation. There is no core group right there is no there's some contacts and there's people that we've helped um, but there is no core group of people meeting together for bible study or or worship who want to plant a church so it's rather unique it's sort of like parachuting in and um hitting the ground running 
So it's a lot of door to door. It's a lot of following up. Well, first, you know, when I first got there, of course, um, I went around with, with Mark Sumter and he introduced me to the people that we had helped, especially in one particular neighborhood in Spring, Texas, um, that was particularly hard hit and where we had helped around eight families. So we went, he, we paid a visit and then it just started from, and then I was able to really hit the ground running and, and taking advantage of those contacts that we had already had. We did a, we were able to organize like a meet and greet in this, it's called Memorial Hills is the neighborhood in Spring. Texas and we organized a meet and greet at the homeowners associations so we got these contacts and somebody said yeah call this lady because she's the one who can get you on the on the um, agenda for the homeowners association it was just in a few days so we thought well this is really providential well I call this lady and she says who are you and she was really unhappy that I was trying to talk to her and the more and I explained who I was and um, what we were doing and we want what we had done in the neighborhood and that we wanted to organize a meet and greet and she just kept getting angrier and angrier at me. And it just I said, well, maybe I can just send you an email. She said, yes. And she rattled off her email real fast. I, when I asked her to please repeat it, she got madder. And you know, it was just, it's terrible. I, I took down the information. I told, I called Mark right away. Just saying, Mark, I don't know if this is gonna fly. You know, this meet and greet thing. Um, we just have to pray. I'm gonna send an email out and see what happens. And just a few, like two hours later, I get a call from another from one of the guys on the homeowners association who said, "Oh, I hear you, I heard you talk to so and so." I'm like, "Yeah." He goes, "Oh, well, don't worry about that. So we want you to come to this meeting." And this guy really just opened up the doors for me to be at the homeowners association meeting. He worked everything out. He and another woman in the in the community who was really in favor of seeing us come in. And we were able to do this. Opened up a lot of doors to talk to people and to meet new. Um, new families in the area and ever since then even with this gentleman on the homeowners association the lord has given opportunity to continue to minister to him a person who's been out of church for a long time so i mean this is one ex one story one anecdote of the kind of stuff we're trying to do or for february we're organizing another like street party right mm -hmm. it was an open house mm -hmm. open air mm -hmm. and we're doing that with one of the families that was that we that we helped um after the after the hurricane Right across the street from him, and I met this woman through him, is a widow. She's 82 years old. Her house was severely damaged in the flood. And six months later, she lost her daughter to cancer. And she's very lonely. And she has cabinets that she needs installed. <laughs> so, we, so we've come in, and, I, and I've had an, I've, the Lord's opened up a real opportunity to minister to that widow. And she's a believer. But she really needed the encouragement. In fact, just... Um, just last week, the last time I visited her, she asked me for uh, for sermons. She said if I could bring wow. her, if I could, next time I come by, if I could set up something on her iPad so she can listen to sermons throughout the day. So, okay, so these are real, these are like baby steps. Um, so no, I can't report that, you know, hundreds of people are, are coming and are coming to Christ or, I, you know, not yet, not yet. I say not yet because you never know. So it's basically this, right now, it's following up on contacts, being trusting the Lord to open doors with current contacts to show to open doors with new contacts and just praying with people reading the word with people sitting and listening to people is really important not one other thing we're trying to do is I'm trying to f identify again new contacts but new neighborhoods that we haven't touched yeah. we, that we haven't seen and recently I have I've gone I've I found the city of Houston's put out a map that shows you know, 
what parts are most affected. So I just go through and drive through these neighborhoods and I've identified a couple new areas where it appears that there may be very fertile ground for for the gospel, but the gospel together with a continued ministry of mercy and diaconal, diaconal outreach. So it strikes me, you said at the beginning when you introduced yourself that you have, <clears throat> that you were a missionary in Costa Rica. It strikes me that there's uh, maybe some fitting overlap there that the Presbytery has called you a former foreign missionary to come into this type of setting. Do you see a correlation? How, how is that? How is your background as a foreign missionary affecting the early days and your thoughts on, on the third largest city in America? Well, as a foreign missionary, you, you, you learn a lot. I have always seen myself as a missionary. I see myself as a missionary now. I mean, back in the United States. I don't see this as any less mission than what I was doing in Costa Rica just because I'm back in the United States. The job is the same, right? Now, I will have to say, I'm going to be honest, that I've had a lot of culture shock coming back to the U.S. <laughs> and I'm learning a new culture now. I'm learning a new culture, and it's the Houston culture, right? The third largest city, the most diverse city in the nation, if everyone who's talk to me is to be believed right but the principles the same the missions the same go make disciples teach them baptize them and of course what we hope and what we pray for is that the lord will raise up a church that the lord will call his people to himself one of the things that might distinguish what what i'm seeking to do from other sorts of church plants is look if we run into people they have needs we're going to help them. We want to help them. We want to identify new needs. But if they have a church, we're going to work with their church. And we, we're doing that. We're, mm-hmm. With one family over that we're working with, we're working with their church. Mm-hmm. We're not trying to take those people out of their church. They have a church. Their church may need some help. And we come alongside. It's a, very much a Catholic type of perspective of how we work together with other churches as well. In terms of evangelism, I think my... My heart's prayer, my heart's desire is to see people who don't know Jesus to come to know Jesus, to see people who've, who may have been raised in the church, who may have used to have a connection with the church, but have been out of church for so long they can't remember, to see them brought back into fellowship with the Lord. I think that's just the focus, the heart behind my, behind my evangelistic efforts. So, Nick, I know you weren't there in Houston when the disaster response uh, efforts were in place, but I wonder if even already you have any thoughts and any experience on how the service-based opportunities, the more diaconate-type opportunities, have then opened doors or maybe made people more receptive, even to just the beginning of a relationship. Have you experienced that yet, or is that on the horizons? No, I I think that's that's a great question, and it's really an important one. I'm sure people that give to diaconal work in the in, in the churches wonder sometimes what the effect of that giving is or what the effect of those monies are especially when they're being used when they, when they go out of the church right and they go to the presbytery or they go um, to the at the denominational level and they bubble up there and and I can tell you that from talking with people who were helped by the OPC it's really I- influenced their perspective of the church with some people it seems to have changed their perspective on Christians and the OPC has because of this seems to have a very good testimony in Houston now I, I was just talking with one guy the other day I was I was visiting him and he, he just said to me he goes he told his wife hey, it's the OPC he looked at me and said 
the OPC is always welcome in my house. Now he goes to a Baptist church, but he really loves us. <laughs> and he's he's the one, he's going to have this outdoor block party. And he said, I really want you guys there. And I want you to have a table there. I want you to bring your literature. And I want you just to be able to talk to people. So just that one guy... And he, the way he speaks of, of the Orthodox Presbyterian Church, the, the gratitude, the evident gratitude he has toward the, to the Lord and, and to the church for the help that was given is encouraging. And there are, there's more than one, one example of that. In fact, one, one lady who was helped did begin attending one of our churches in Houston because of yeah. the aid that we brought in, in, at the right time. Yeah. So... Yes, that, that's the diaconal ministry that the Orthodox Presbyterian Church is doing through disaster recovery is absolutely vital. What, um, I, you could probably, this question you're probably going to, could give me a list of 30 things, but <laughs> what particular challenges do you face in this, uh, given that it's cutting a unique path? What would be the top couple things that are in your mind that you're thinking about, that you're praying about, that we can have on our minds and hearts as well? Uh, in thinking about uh, a new ministry like this uh, going forward? Well, I won't give you 30, but I, maybe I'll give you three. Um, the first one is that disasters are happening all the time, right? So, and, and with the last two hurricanes on the East Coast, the Home Office had to redirect some resources. And in particular, one of our site coordinator that we had had in Houston was needed more out East. And so we lost him. Well, of course, then I get on the ground as I'm going, meeting people and identifying new needs. I have no site coordinator to to assist. That was how it was at the beginning. So that was a real challenge. Now we, we're beginning to overcome that. because, And in, in the Lord's providence, when the site coordinator left, the churches realized, the local churches in Houston said, wait a minute, we've got to, the ball's down in our, our court. And we've got to do this. Whereas before, it was the denomination doing it through the site coordinator now we're doing it locally and that's that's a real blessing because that means the church locally owns it um, and it's a work of the presbytery as well but it's definitely a work of the houston churches so it's been a, it's still a challenge but it's not as big of a challenge because we've seen the lord answer prayer um, but you could pr- continue to pray for the deacons that are the two different churches and and even the, the mission work um, the good shepherd mission work in houston that are, are giving their time to the Harvey outreach work, pray for those churches and sessions. A second thing is just the fact that, like I said, there is no core group. Um, so I, we're praying and working to see if we can start Bible studies, prayer groups, even a support group, perhaps. But we have no place for that. Um, one of our churches, two of our churches meet and don't have their own building. One does, but maybe it's not the best location for where we're doing the Harvey outreach right now. So I would ask for prayer that the Lord would provide either homes or suitable places to hold studies, to hold Bible studies, to hold prayer meetings, even to start a support group. Um, And the third thing is that the Lord would give us wisdom and direct our steps as we seek to be bold and branch out go where no evangelist has gone before sort of thing, or at least no OP evangelist has gone before, um, into neighborhoods that have been maybe overlooked, uh, not maybe, have been overlooked or don't seem to have received the kind of 
help and aid, even 18 months later, that you would have expected or hoped for. So that the Lord would give wisdom and direct our steps, that he would lead us to the right people, and that he would call his people to himself. That's good. And then why don't you tell us about your family, uh, wife and kids, so that people know a little bit more about you since you're kind of new. And also, uh, how has this ministry affected your family? I assume there's kind of some hospitality and there's some other things going on. How has your family been involved with uh, your work? Right. So I I married to my lovely wife, Rosie. Uh, We've been married almost 17 years. It'll be 17 years on March 9th. And we have four children. The oldest, Esther, she's 16. Abigail is 14. Alex is 10. And my youngest, Natalia, she is 8. And they're really doing quite well. It's been a real adjustment moving from Central America back to the United States, especially for my kids. It's not moving back. It's moving too. Um, And so they're adjusting. But they're doing well. They're really adjusting well. I'm really grateful to the Lord for that. My wife is from the very beginning has been completely supportive of this work we haven't done a whole lot of hospitality truth be told because we're still settling in and in fact just a couple days ago the the shipping container finally arrived with the stuff so we still have some boxes in the living room but but, you know in a couple weeks we'll probably have things better more we'll be we'll be better settled in and, and right i mean there is that aspect the hospitality aspect is really important the wonderful thing about my wife is that she is an incredibly hospitable woman. And I don't even have to ask. Actually, often I'm not thinking about, I'm not thinking about it, but she is. And she's already making something or she's already talking to people or making plans to, to show that kind of hospitality. So it's really, that's one of her, I would say that's one of her principal gifts is being hospitable. So that is certainly important for this kind of a ministry. And then maybe last question. You uh, you mentioned earlier that you've always seen yourself as a missionary, and that, that's been actually mentioned by more than just you. That's been mentioned often on Outward OPC, kind of the missionary mentality um, to things. Uh, I wonder if you could, from your experience, Central America, coming back to Houston, you're a pastor, but just what about for all the listeners that are members of churches and Christians who have a heart for seeing the lost uh, be reached, but maybe, you know, maybe a little unsure how to do it, maybe a little hesitant. Uh, what kind of encouragement could you give them about living that more sort of missionary mindset and mentality just day in and day out, wherever you are? Sure. You know what I'd say? Be bold. Don't be afraid. You know, the world isn't afraid to talk about what they are passionate about. We shouldn't be either. And I don't mean be obnoxious. Right. I mean, we all have relationships with other people we all know unbelievers and we shouldn't be ashamed we shouldn't be ashamed about talking about the lord and i'd say this too one of the one of the simplest things that we can do is to invite people to our church i'll tell a quick a quick anecdote i read a book recently it was published in the 1950s by a pastor i think he was in scotland or england anyway i forget but it's called The Face of My Parish, and he just tells his story about getting his church to be evangelistic and to go out and reach their community for, for Christ. And one of the things that really struck me was a conversation that he relates between one of the one woman who had been in the church for years and years and years, and a woman who had recently come into the church and was a new was a new convert. And the thing that struck me was these women had been 
friends. Now they're in the church together, but they had been friends for many years. On one occasion, the woman that had been in the church for a long time goes to the other woman's shop and they're talking about the church. And the new member, she says to her friend, it's just a pity that you didn't think much of your church in the past. And the friend says, well, what do you mean? She goes, well, you never invited me. So I assumed you didn't think much of your church, but it's a wonderful church. And it's just a reminder that, you know, if we love our community, our church community, the very simple thing we can do is invite people. Now they can say no, but they maybe they'll say yes. <laughs> so we, I think be bold, just don't be afraid and invite people. They're very simple things we can do and we don't have to, you don't have to be a theologian to do it, right? Um, we just have to be Christians and love our Lord and love our church and love our neighbor. Yeah, good thoughts. Well, thanks for taking the time today. We look forward to seeing what the Lord does. Maybe we'll get to chat with you down the road after things are further along. But uh, thanks for taking the time and sharing that. I think it'll create a vivid picture for people as as the churches and, and uh, people pray for you. You're welcome. And I hope so. That's it for today's episode. You can go to the website at outwardopc.com to check out more resources. And you can sign up for our email list where you'll receive notifications when new things are available. Until then, we'll see you next episode.